This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. In recent years, GE has had severe business challenges. The company's $200 billion market cap is half of what it used to be. Still, an area of enormous strength is the way the company identifies and builds leaders. Much of the credit goes to GE's corporate learning programs, executed through a learning facility in Crotonville, New York, the oldest corporate university in the U.S. As business becomes more global, how is leadership development at GE changing? How does GE use technology to teach leadership? What impact will the influx of the Facebook generation have on the way leadership is taught? Susan Peters, GE's Chief Learning Officer and Vice President for Executive Development, discussed these questions and more with Knowledge at Wharton. Uh, Susan Peters, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. To begin with, I wonder if you could just give our listeners an overview of uh, corporate learning at GE and and how you approach uh, what some of the things that you're doing and how you approach them. Well, cool. I'd be happy to. At GE, we've been involved in uh, learning and development for 60 years plus. Uh, In fact, we have a corporate university, which is the oldest uh, corporate university in America at Crotonville, New York, and GE purchased the property in the mid-1950s, and we started teaching management there in the mid-1950s in courses that were 13 weeks long. I know that's a bit hard to believe. Of course, we've evolved, and today the longest course we teach there is three three weeks long. Uh, But the truth is that uh, if you think about uh, education, it's a fundamental and uh, very deeply rooted part of our corporate culture. So just to give you an overview of the way we do it, we think about it in terms of almost an umbrella approach that we call GE Global Learning. And we break it up into three primary buckets. The first bucket is leadership. The second bucket is skills, which is really driven by our function, so finance skills, marketing skills, etc. And the third bucket is business. And what we're really trying to teach there is the knowledge that's specific and needed for a business or industry. As you know, GE is in a wide range of industries from aviation to healthcare to financial services, so we have to teach specifics within each of those industries. So if you look at those three buckets, and aggregate them all together, including all the training and programs that go on, we spend about a billion dollars a year in training at GE. So uh, the bucket that I will concentrate on in our discussion today is the first bucket, the one that's about leadership. And that's the the effort that I lead for the company, and it is uh, leadership training that is taught both in Crotonville, New York, at our facility there, but also around the world, so that we basically uh, sort of own the content and delivery process, no matter where that Crotonville course is taught anywhere in the world about leadership. Sure. Does that give you an overview? Uh, absolutely. Uh, uh, how, how do you define your objective when you, in, in, in teaching leadership? Well, you know, again, and and as I said, I'm going to focus on our leadership training. Uh, Our vision or mission of Crotonville, and uh, that is our leadership effort, is to inspire, connect, and develop the leaders of today and tomorrow. 
And so uh, that's our objective. And, you know, we are, in fact, looking to do all of those aspects through the Crotonville experience, again, wherever that happens in the world. Uh, and the truth is that we believe that as a result of the inspiring, connecting, and building or developing those leaders, uh, that we, we then have uh, are, are sort of forced to look at content that enables all of that to happen. Uh, the truth is that if we do a good job with the people who come through the Crotonville classes, there is a huge multiplier effect, and they will go back and hopefully do the same thing, inspire, connect, and develop the people that work for them and that uh, are you know, not going to get to physically attend a Crotonville class. Uh, is that, that, does that answer your question? Yes, it does. Very, very helpful. Thank you. Uh, uh, whom do you regard as your primary audience? Uh, at, at what level of the organization do you uh, develop leadership? Is it all through, or, or do you target it at a certain segment? Well, in fact, it is all through, but uh, let me sort of segment our GE population for you so that you understand. We have about 290,000 employees in GE, and about half of them, a little less than half of them, are professionals, and the others would be folks in the factories uh, providing, you know, product work, et cetera. So the, the effort that I'm talking about is applied almost exclusively to our professional population. So let's assume we're talking about 150,000 people, half of whom are located outside of the United States. So 150,000 people around the world is our audience. And we actually do start at, at all levels. Let me sort of explain the stair step of the approach we take to leadership learning at GE. First of all, we offer a suite of on-demand courses that are available 24-7 through your computer. And of course, we, uh, we have an enterprise-wide license with several vendors that provide that. Uh, we ensure that it covers a wide range of topics uh, from management skills to project skills. There's a lot of video and downloading capability, et cetera. And we've really encouraged people to use those um, venues for sort of that, you know, one-off or on-demand or lunch and learns or a very specific thing. But I wouldn't say it's um, the essential part of our leadership learning. It's just there, it's foundational, and it's available. Uh, the next sort of group up, the next, if you think of this in forms of a stair step, if you will, is what we call essential skills. We have 13 offerings that we uh, have that are what you would call uh, those leadership skills that everybody should have foundationally. These are things like presentation skills, um, project management skills, uh, understanding finance in a very generic and basic way that is an enabler. And those courses are uh, sort of managed through the Crotonville staff, but are delivered at the businesses all around the world. And we do that through a TTT, a train the trainer concept, so that the, the um, um, integrity of the course is maintained because the Crotonville staff ensures that the person teaching it has been trained and certified in teaching it. 
Then we go to courses that are actually, um, we call them cornerstone courses, and these are actually where an individual would physically come and spend time. And uh, the cornerstone courses are all one week long. They're offered, again, throughout the world. And they, um, these are classes that there are four key ones, Foundations of Leadership. These would be courses that people would take, or this course would happen early in somebody's career, let's say in the first two maybe one to three years, and then a leadership development course, a new manager development course, and an advanced manager course. And uh, those courses span, let's say, the first 10 years of your career, if you will. So you'd be going to them maybe uh, every other year, every third year. And then we get to the executive level courses. And these courses are all three weeks long, and they are offered only at our Crotonville facility in New York. Mm -hmm. Manager Development Course, Business Management Course, and the Executive Development Course. And those titles of MDC, BMC, and EDC have been actually in GE since the 60s. So uh, they have quite a historical aspect to them and quite a, an internal brand to them. Uh, and then the final course we offer is uh, for teams. And I'll perhaps talk about it in a separate question because it's uh, something a little different uh, uh, but that gives you the background, um, McCool, about um, our audience and what level and how we approach it. So to really bring it to a very simple place, we offer leadership courses to everyone and at all levels. And as you go up the funnel, or uh, as it were, or go up the pyramid, uh, how is the... Uh, uh, what, what kind of numbers uh, uh, are you looking at? So, for you, you started with uh, 150,000 uh, people. Uh, uh, you know, can can you give me a sense of scale? Sure. So the on-demand stuff is uh, varies a lot uh, year by year. Uh, you know, and you would typically find uh, you know 50 to 60,000 people a year would uh, do some on-demand learning. Uh, the essential skills course is probably more like 35,000 people uh, who go through that. And uh, the remaining classes, there are about 9,000 people a year who go through the courses in which we have, uh, in which you physically stay. You, you fly to either Crotonville, New York, or to Munich, wherever you, Munich, Germany, or Shanghai, or wherever we're offering the course. And we put about 9,000 people a year through those courses. Right. Now, Crotonville, of course, is very famous, and as you said, since the 1950s, has been the center for GE's learning uh, activities. Uh, have you developed other? How many other centers around the world have you developed, where uh, which are really focal points of learning for GE? Uh, that's a great question, and the answer is that we use we leverage the fact that we have global research centers, which is where we do research in both Shanghai, China and Munich, Germany, and also in uh, Bangalore in India, and we teach often at those places. They've become sort of our uh, home away from home, if you will. So we do a lot of our Crotonville leadership teaching at Munich, Germany, Shanghai, China, and Bangalore, India, but also at various other places around the world, and in those cases, it's often at a hotel facility. Um, the Crotonville facility in New York is the only one that's residential, and that means that we have 188 rooms on the property. Uh, in the other locations, we would have the uh, participants staying in a local hotel. Got it. Uh, now, uh, uh, it's very interesting uh, to hear your uh, comments on the global nature of learning. 
have you found that uh, as you develop uh, content for, uh, for for teaching leadership, that the cultural context changes? Uh, uh, and uh, so, in other words, are things lost in translation, or uh, are you able to uh, sort of uh, use the same content in different parts of the world? Uh, that's a, another great question. Uh, I would tell you that the first thing we do is that as we design or update courses, it's done by a global team. And the team would typically get together in either Crotonville or Munich or, uh, well, let's see, recently Bangalore, um, to do this sort of design or redesign. And often it's a redesign because you're just always tweaking these classes to ensure that they include the most contemporary content and curricula. So they, they start with global input. But the second element is that the, I have somebody on my team that's headquartered in Munich and another that covers Europe, Middle East, and Africa, and somebody on my team who's headquartered, actually she's in Delhi, and she covers the Asia-Pacific region. And their job is to ensure that as the course content is taught in the local environment, it is taught with the appropriate uh, cultural overtone. Now, the essence of leadership, we believe, is the same around the world, and we don't change the, the fundamentals or the content. But there is, to your point, always sort of the cultural aspect, and those local leaders ensure that that's embedded in the course. Got it. Uh, uh, I, I was also very uh, you know, uh, interested in, in, in seeing how widely you use technology uh, uh, especially at the at the broadest level in in your leadership development efforts, and could you tell me a little bit about what your experience has been in the using of technology in corporate learning? What are the pros and cons as you see them? Uh, again, a great question, and um, uh, you know, I would say the answer is somewhat bimodal. That uh, there is an element of our teaching that we recognize will always be face-to-face -face and therefore probably uh, less technology sensitive. Uh, I don't suspect that we will ever go to a place where we have only technology-based learning or e-learning or whatever. We really believe that this inspire, connect, and uh, develop happens uh, with a real um, um, real impact when people are physically together because there's a tremendous amount of sharing across functions, across geographies, when people are physically together. Um, an example of a course at Crotonville would be that they'd be 40 or 50 percent non-U.S. participants from multiple businesses and industries, multiple functions, and there's learning just by physically being together and getting that broad perspective. So uh, I would say we will, in, in that element of my uh, response, always have that. Now, to answer your question more specifically, the other bimodal piece is that, yes, we really are trying to leverage and embed technology into learning. Uh, I mentioned earlier the availability of on-demand and how we're trying to get people to download things uh, like this podcast or other kinds of things that people can access and listen to in the car, et cetera. And some of that is just educating people on what's available and how to do it. Mm -hmm. and making learning a part of everybody's day all the time. Uh, so we've been very active in uh, articulating that and uh, educating people on the availability and the process. Uh, we, are, we have built at our Crotonville facility several um, um, 
technical tools that are very helpful. Uh, one is a, you, we use telepresence, which I think you're probably familiar with, which enables us to, for example, have uh, a leader from another part of the world speak to a class that has, you know, in, in real time, if you will, because those telepresence capabilities are quite effective. Sure. We have a virtual collaboration room, which uh, enables people to work with teams uh, in Crotonville simultaneously with uh, a room that's structured the same way anywhere else in the world. Uh, we uh, encourage people to learn and use new tools when they come to Crotonville or to Crotonville classes. And to that end, it's things like, um, you know, we actually have them do their report out using WebEx or webcams on their laptops so that they are comfortable using those tools not only in the learning setting, but in their business setting when they go home. Um, we've got uh, Kindles and, um, you know, uh, we have global newspapers available on, um, on portals around the place so that people can, with touch screens, open uh, the China Daily Times as they're sitting in the lobby of our education building. And a lot of this is just to demonstrate that these tools are now a part of our lives and that learning isn't just about leadership, but it's about uh, the use of new technology. Great. Uh, since you mentioned uh, team-based learning, I wonder if you could uh, you know, tell me about your approach to that. Well, that's a great uh, segue because it is a course that we feel uh, really um, confident in. We started in the spring of 2006 and, and piloted it that year. It is the uh, first time, actually, that GE has really pushed the senior-level leadership team training. So by that I mean um, uh, we take a P&L and the general manager and his or her entire team come to the training. It's a one-week class. We call it LIG. We have to put an acronym on everything, so it stands <laughs> for Leadership, Innovation, and Growth. And it basically is the team taking time to learn about very current environmental or business issues and building their uh, ongoing strategy for what we call inside GE their growth playbook, which is really their three-year-out strategy look. So it's an enabler for business teams to build their strategy. So what might some of the content be? Um, when we first did it in the 06, 07, 08 timeframe, we were doing things like uh, market segmentation, um, uh, you know, uh, innovation and uh, building adjacencies. Uh, the content that we're building for these teams now is much more reflective of today's environment, so it's things like seeing around corners and scenario planning and peripheral vision. Uh, we always have some innovation and globalization element to it. We always teach a little bit of leadership. But the construct enables people to uh, get this sort of current thinking from great thought leaders around the world, um, and uh, then they go into a breakout and say, okay, how do we apply this to our environment and where we want to be in the next year or two or three? And because they're doing it as an intact leadership team, we have found it to be very impactful. It's very, very interesting. That, that sounds great. Uh, just a, a couple more questions. Uh, uh, since you mentioned earlier that you spend about a billion dollars on, on corporate learning at GE, how do you measure the uh, ROI on your investment? <laughs> 
so, you know, this is an interesting question. And uh, I get asked it quite frequently, and I think people often scratch their head when I say I don't get asked. I, and I am thrilled and privileged to work in an environment where the leadership team innately believes that the um, learning and the um, effort and the time and the money and the resources that we put into this has an inherent payback. Uh, so I can spend my time developing curricula and um, um, the next kind of content and how do we inspire, connect, and, and build leaders instead of figuring out whether we're getting the payback. Now, we believe we get it uh, because our businesses continue to grow, evolve, and there are certain courses that we follow up with, and uh, we do a lot of pre- and post-work with the managers as people go to these classes at Crotonville uh, by setting the stage with the managers as to what they should expect the individual to experience while they're in the class and then after the class sort of uh, expecting uh, the manager of the attendee to, to know what they learned and therefore leverage that with that person upon return. But we don't spend a lot of time saying, did I make a specific financial or numerical ROI? Again, it's a great, great answer. Uh, one final question. You know, as there is a new generation of, uh, you know, it's called, whether you call it Gen Y or whatever, but people who are, you know, uh, who have been groomed on the Internet and social media and so forth, you know, as these younger people come into the work, workplace, uh, are you changing your approach to learning in any way uh, uh, to, uh, to, to recognize that or... Uh, how, how do you see the evolution of, of learning at GE taking place? It's, again, a great question. Uh, and I do think the millennials are bringing with them a different perspective of learning. And uh, we mentioned earlier that we have uh, continued to evolve in, and I'm sure every other organization has as well, in the use of technology and tools, um, podcasts, downloads, you know, enabling people to put stuff on their MP3 players or uh, whatever tool that they want to use, um, even though they might physically be coming to uh, a site in Crotonville or Shanghai or wherever. Um, one of the ways we're doing it is to ask them a lot about what they want. So we, for example, redesigned our Foundations of Leadership class a year ago, and it was done heavily with the input of the millennials. Those are the 20-somethings that attend that course. So they were. we did a heavy voice of the customer on uh, both content and delivery mechanisms and approach. And as we redesigned it, it was really with their input and effort. Uh, we are, you know, constantly asking people, um, you know, what do they want more of and less of. Every speaker in every class is rated and evaluated. So we're understanding what's current and contemporary from uh, that class's view and, and as those classes skew toward, you know, over time toward people of that age bracket we're learning and, and taking feedback from them. And um, we are currently in another phase of our evolution, and as you can tell, you know, that's the way we look at it, that it's an ongoing evolution of how we uh, develop learning capability. And one of the things we're working on right now, we're working with uh, – sort of um, an ideation company about ensuring that both the experience and the environment at Crotonville, which of course was 
as we mentioned, bought in the 50s and has been upgraded many times over the years, but uh, how do we make sure that that campus itself is the most contemporary place and experience that they can have? And so... Um, so what, what kind of changes did you have to make to your, to your programs based on what you just well, said? Well, um, you know, as I've said, we've done a lot of things. Uh, you know, some of it is just... Uh, you know, updating the breakout rooms so that there's more technology tools in the breakout rooms as opposed to flip charts. So now everything's done, um, you know, online and, and put on our internal, we've created an internal Facebook type capability that allows groups to establish themselves and then they interact during the time that they're a part of that class, obviously just uh, a bit prior to the class during the class and then it enables post-class discussion too. So, but if you go into the breakout rooms now, there's uh, technology and, and screens that are much more active and whiteboards that, uh, you know, can connect around the globe. And that's, you know, an ongoing investment that's pretty significant, but is, um, I think, reflective of the expectations of this millennial group. Uh, great. Uh, well, that's been very, very helpful and uh, insightful. So, uh, Susan Peters, thank you very much for speaking with us today. Thank you very much, McCool. It's a pleasure, and uh, I'm happy to talk with Knowledge at Wharton. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.